Welcome back to the Academy Football Network podcast. Part two, we discuss how we ready young people for first team football. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. we're always talking about developing young people and how do we ready them for a men's adult win or lose mortgage on the line you're getting paid it's real stuff versus academy where often people are saying now or talking about um, development football it can be easy yeah. making it too easy for them um, where, did, where do you see you probably went Rotherham. Okay, I'm in the academy of Rotherham. How am I ready in these young people for the first team? I never knew how to um, kind of contextualise that process. When, when I worked with Tony Parks at Watford, yeah. the best I've ever heard he said, it's our duty at under 18s to professionalise these people. Yeah. Not these players. People. These people. Yeah. To prepare them for what's coming. And he's dead right. Now, does the world right here, right now allow that? Probably not, but the world outside of these bubbles, and when I mean bubble, I'm not talking about yeah, yeah, a not, health not and bubble. safety COVID, but yeah. you know the the bubble of perfect, you know um, under eighteen, under yeah. twenty three football, it's getting harsher. It's getting harsher. You know the the attacks that people face now is incredible. It is incredible. If you go through. Uh, you know, if we talk about people in general, if you go through the culture of reality TV, you know, I, I had an ex-player who I work with who committed suicide from being on reality TV wow. and from having not being able to cope and deal with the... It is a bombardment. Mm. It is a bombardment. I mean... So, what, what, I mean, what, what do you... Because different environments do it different ways. You have your own philosophy, so to speak. Yeah. You have your own strategy around it and in your opinion what do you think is the best way to ready young people for a first team environment you have to develop resilience okay you have to develop it if they've not been criticized by their coach in two years criticized i think you've got a poor first touch this is the session practice it every day or that part of your game is not good enough here's how you work on it still not good enough keep working on it that's better. Keep working on it. That process, that you're adding layers to these people. It, it, it's not sunshine and you know sunshine and roses. It really is not. I mean, right here, right now, I'm four games into. I'm ten days, thirteen days into a season. Right here, right now, and I haven't won a game. People don't want me in this job. They don't want me in the job. We're thirteen days into a new season. You know, there's people out there that, and and it's. I'm lucky because it doesn't really hit me because of my. Layers, well, no, my layers that I've had to develop, but my wife reads it. Yeah. My dad reads it. Yeah. My brother, all my family, they all read it. They all get defensive. They all start going back and, mm. you know, things like that. And what we, we're not preparing them for that. We really are not preparing Do them. Do you think the environment has... I, always, I'm, I'm, I go black or white. I go, do you know what? 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago when that was a constant in the environment where coaches and adults were going, 
criticise, criticise, criticise to help support them because that's what they're going to get in a first team environment. And then we've gone, it's almost like we've gone right the other yeah. way where we've gone, do you know what, don't criticise the boys. Um, and listen, you know my background in regards to what I'm saying. So how are we supporting them? Because but, we go right the other way where yeah. we go, do you know what, you can't criticise. Because yeah. if you criticise, you might, you might be getting them angry or... Yeah. Bullying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You might be doing that to them. So, whereas, listen, I've spoken to, to boys in different types of environments and they've gone, no, nah, it's just, I'm, I'm being ready. And other boys, they'll go, do you know what? It's I'm too not much. Quite ready. It's too yeah, much for me. Too much. It's, it's so difficult, I think, in regards to managers and developers of young people, yeah. especially the young adults now, to go, where is the marker for the individual child? But, but, but criticise, criticise, criticise is not yeah. coaching. Yeah. You you apply an observation, don't you, as a professional yeah. coach, yeah. and you then give them the solution, and then you help them work at that solution. Mm. That's coaching, yeah. but it starts unfortunately with a criticism. Yeah, I think you got a, you know I think your shooting on the turn is um, you know not at the level it should be or could be yeah. could be. I'll come and work with you. Yeah. That's coaching. I'll come and help you with it. And as a coach, and, and my, tra- you know, even though I'm a, f- a manager now, my trade is coaching. So the thing I still enjoy most is we've had, a, we've had an apprentice in our first team squad for the first two weeks of the season. And I'm helping him every day with his feet because his feet are very wooden and they, they don't move. Like mine. Very much like yours. <laughs> but you playing cardboard boxes on your feet. So. <laughs> but... Um, and he took 12 minutes to get that in. But, um, but he, he needs some practice. I'll help you practice. It's the bit I enjoy the most. And I'll do that with my 30-year-old. I don't like this. I don't really like this about what you're doing. I want it to be like this. I'll come and help you. That's coaching. All it is is coaching. And, and listen, for me, over time, that has changed. Don't get me wrong, that has changed. But that's changed over time because the teaching of coaches has changed over time. I guess, do, in regards to the young people in the environment, so I'm a 17-year-old, I'm a 20-year-old, do I know too much as well? Do I go, do you know what, if I don't want Darren shouting at me, hang on a minute, here's what I do, but I just go and I'll say to the other coach, do you know what, why is he, why is he, why is he, why is he, why is he talking to me like that? Or yeah. do Because you probably didn't get that 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Players just kind of develop the resilience and go, That's, this was what we're getting in the environment. Right or wrong, um, and they went. Do you know what? Actually, am I? Uh, no, actually, do I do I speak up about it? And I always think there's you can do it, but you just got to do it in the right way. And uh, often conversations are with young people is that, do you know what? If you're not happy with something, it's all, it's okay to not be happy. Absolutely. But the way that you communicate is is vitally Absolutely. important. Do Do you think that we have got to a stage where um, players or young people? have not developed a resilience and because of it look for, for a different way out absolutely we, we are talking about the smallest window of success okay. aren't we? we in terms of youth development we are talking about the smallest window of <clears throat> what is successful I think it's 0.02 or 0.1 or 0.02 yeah. 0.02% right so in my eyes I take that statistic quite seriously because 
I want to give that young player all of me, everything that I've got. I, want to, I, I have to arm him with it. So I have to arm him with confidence, hugely important in young people. I have to arm him with a technical ability, a profile, tactical knowledge. I have to make sure that I could, you know, I've, I've looked at myself and that I've given him physical work, psychological work, da 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 da, da all of these things. But for me to do that, I have to give him all of me. I have to. So I have to give him the good, the bad. And it's just about management. It's just about management of that individual. At 16, are you emotionally the same as when you're in your 20s? Sometimes. You, you don't know when different things come along. Am I the same person now at 37 as I was at 31 before, you know, I had children? No, of course I'm not. But, but that sometimes happens to someone at 22. Yeah. That sometimes... So you've got all of these different things, but definitely one, one size never fits all because we're all so unique. What we're, what we're, what we're not doing is we've, we've not got the capability now. We haven't got the capability now to put them through that, that formula where they're exposed to this real-world you know, education. So, how, so how, how now, and maybe this is to do with resources and having, do you know what, you look at academies now, you've got a bank of people, different professionals. Yeah, experts. Whereas you've got different expertise in it. How are we arming them then? Or are we not doing enough? And is that, because I mean, you look at the top end, you look at maybe, let's look at England, so, so to speak, and their youth teams, loads of talent, loads of talent coming through. It's, it's what you see on the eye, yeah. you're outside of looking in. Yeah. How are we arming them if we're not able to do it in a way where we are criticising or giving them that la those layers of resilience to be able to deal with a first team great changing room the, the best I the best I've seen is John McDermott who's, who's now with the FA and was at Tottenham yeah. he's hard yeah. he's a tough northerner yeah. he's hard he's realistic to the era the generation yeah. you know he's realistic to language that's used in a first team dressing room at times mm -hmm. he's a fantastic coach mm -hmm. and a brilliant developer of young people that's my opinion. It's a pretty decent opinion because the FA have just employed him in one of the biggest roles in youth football, in, you know, for England. Yeah. Imagine if let's 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 flip it the other way. Instead of looking at everyone, let's take the most talented player at 17, right? And you put him in that first team dressing room because the manager wants him in that first team dressing room because he is talented. Mm. So, you know, my I had Wilmot in my first team dressing room at Stevenage at 17. Every day. Every day. He coped with that unbelievably well. Good family, great mum and dad, very solid. I know everyone hasn't got that benefit. How, have, how would every one of those 17-year-olds deal with senior players in the dressing room? Troy. Troy Deeney. Um, you know, Man United senior players. Yeah. Tottenham senior players. Harry Kane's, you know, da-da-da-da-da. They're not going to walk around with a HR head on. Players don't walk around with HR head. They walk around with I have to win Saturday. Yeah. So I I think we should be preparing because we're all in it for development, aren't we? Yeah. We're all in it to get that player in the first team. We all say it. I read it three thousand times a year. We're going to improve our development and our club, and we're going to create a pathway. Well, if the manager doesn't like any of them, there's no pathway. So that, that's an imaginary pathway until manager goes, he's top draw, get him with me. That's, that's the pathway. 
If that player comes up, now I think that's when you work. Yeah, you know, making sure. But that's that's a really good youth team coach. A youth team coach does that. He walks up to that youth, that player. How are you getting on? Are you okay? I I checked in on Wilmot once a week when he was a first team player at Watford. For my time, all my, all my time there, for my eight months there. Why? Because that was still part of my my duty and my relationship with him. I guess. I guess you're looking. That's probably where. We talk about coaches now and all the professionals within coaching. You've got your medical, you've got your sports science, you've got your psychologist, you've got your player care, you've got your safeguarding, you've got your education. And has those kind of little roles been taken away from the coach? Because I think personally, some of the better coaches that I've seen are able to tap into all those different things. Um, they're able to be a psychologist at times yeah. in terms of working with the players. Now, in regards to you as a person, do you think that has, in regards to what we see as development for the young people, has that had a negative effect as on you as a person? No. No? No, definitely not. Yeah. My greatest achievement were the 14 apprent- ex-apprentices I had at my wedding wow. that travelled to the northeast. You know, some you've worked with. Some that came through and ended up working for me, they were apprentices for me right at the very start. But it was the Carl Vassals who now plays for Rotherham. Actually, I think he moved today, but he, he was at Rotherham. You know, Emmanuel Oyelecki, who was at Port Vale, <clears throat> driving from London to come see me on my reception and my wedding day. They're the best moments. They're, they're the things I'm most proud of. It's not selling players, not giving first team debuts. It's that connection and that build of, of, of a family that you get from being the under-18 jobs, the best job in any football club. It is the best job. You know, when we worked together at Watford, I did one team, and that was the Youth Cup team, under-18s. Yeah. It's the best job. I loved it. It's, the be- it's better than first-team management. It's better than any of the other jo- jobs, and I've done them all now. And, um, and, and, and that's what I hold dearest to me. I hold the relationships where, you know, the... Some of the Watford players phone me for advice still. Some of the my Stevenage apprentices phone me for advice still. And it's not it's not something you hear about. I think in terms of relationships, you don't often hear about that. And and I think some, probably someone like yourself and other people as well. It's not always something you brag about. Yeah. Um, for what reason I don't know uh, because I think it's quite it's quite it's yeah. quite important to to understand that post the actual football relationship. Yeah. You have developed personal relationships with Absolutely. people, relationships with individuals um, that people don't have to see. Because, I mean, from an outsider looking in, and if I didn't know you and if I didn't speak to you, I might think, you know what, Darren Sard, have you heard of him? He's actually that guy who shouts and screams at people. But actually, you're able to develop relationships with Absolutely. people. You're able to have those relationships post the football, which means um, you're actually a person yourself. Look, I- I go back to it. When I'm when I'm working in youth, I give them everything I got. They get if if they need that father figure. I've worked with so many players that have come from overseas. They've needed a they've needed a dad. They've needed a dad away from their dad because they're living away from home. Do they need a friend? Do they need advice? Do they need the coach? They might not need any of that. Ben Wilmot didn't need any of it. He just needed a coach. He needed a manager to say, "You're really really good, son." come and play, let's get your career going earlier than everyone else's. That's all I did for Ben. That was it. And, you, and, and the really good ones, going back to the John McDermott's, the really top, top youth developers, um, the Inglethorpe's, people like that, 
they know which one to be at the right time. At the right time. And, and, and we saw that. You know, we had a couple of examples of that, uh, you know, at Watford of players that had had really bad times in their lives and they responded to Watford because of the way we, we and the team, sports science, welfare, education, da 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 how we managed that stage of his life, which was a difficult stage for some of them. Do you... Do people? Do you feel like people know that about you? Maybe they 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 may not do. I yeah. mean, you know, before I come on, you know, before I spoke to you tonight, I spoke to Fraser Franks, yeah. my first youth team captain. Yeah. You know, we've been through hell of a lot together, and when he decided to come out of the game, he phoned me, and and you know, I'm guessing I, I was one of a a minority, if you like. Agreed. I'm letting you know, I've got to make this announcement. I haven't told anyone yet, but. I've got to retire. Da, 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 da. Was it really sad, unbelievably sad news for a really top young man and a good player? Brilliant guy, good dad, nice, you know, good person in his community, very, very conscientious. But the fact that he wanted to ring me just to let me know, I took that as a big plus. Now, if no one else knows that, I don't really care because all I have to know is I, I gave him all of me. I gave him all of me, as I try and do with all the players. May not have been successful with that sort of strategy because when you know we all get it wrong, we all get it right. Let's be honest. But that was unbelievable. You know that was a real mark of respect. Um, and so those types of relationships, where they still want to seek a you know a, a, a contact from you, yeah. advice from you. This is happening in my world. How can I help? Da 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 da. All that sort of stuff. No, I think I think it's something that you kind of coaches and managers have this hard exterior, um, and I think I do think that sometimes coaches and managers, and definitely the culture and environment, how we see coaches and managers, they don't get enough credit for some of the hidden qualities yeah. that they do. The human being. The human being. The human being. Absolutely. And because you don't see it, and nine times out of ten, you see them on the pitch, you see them on the sideline. Absolutely. Shouting or yeah. dictating or organising because yeah. you want to get a result. Yeah. Um, you don't often see it. And don't get me wrong, there are some out there that don't do it at all. No. Um, and probably need some learning around that yeah. in terms of developing a relationship. But I definitely think it's something that you might not hear enough because... If you hear it, it can kind of be seen as a, as a weakness, maybe. No, but I think, you know, when I, when I go back to when I started coaching, I remember the first thing an FA tutor told me uh, on a national course. You've got to be the boss. Yeah. That's the first thing. If you're not the boss of this session, if you're not the leader, if you don't keep control and you lose control of the session, that's a failure as an elite coach. Be the boss. Be the, bo- be the boss. Be the-. So that's drilled into you. So, you know, it was a very impressionable 22-year-old doing my A-licence. Be the boss. Okay, if that's what, you know, if that's what means being an A-licence coach is. I mean, I did, I did my A-licence with, with Roy Keane. He had no problem being the boss. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you understand? <laughs> he, he, I did as I was told, let me tell you. He didn't have to say twice. But... You know, that was, that was imparted into you. That was a very, you know, that back then it was a very command style of 100%. coaching. Now it's a little bit more, um, a little bit more. V- and variable, depending on getting to know your players. But, yeah. 
you know, that that's important in anything. You know, you've got to get to know your players. You've got to learn what makes them what makes them go and what motivates what motivates them and what they've got in their life, what they haven't got in their life, what they need. Interesting. Okay, so we flip it now, and you're in a first team environment now, or when you're in a first team environment, and now rather than preparing them, you're receiving them. You're receiving these young people, <clears> and you're going. Yeah, no, oh, not ready. Yeah, ready. I'll take you on. Yeah, you've got. What are you now wanting to receive in terms of youth development? So, anytime a youth team player comes up, you go, "That's what I want to receive." Well, look, you, first and foremost, as a first team manager, you want a good player that's going to help you win. <laughs> I mean, it does. Being a manager does cut through a lot of the cloud in development yeah. because unless I win on a Saturday, I don't sleep. And I don't sleep until the next win, you know. So it's there's there's lots of different elements to, you know. I've got a duty to put the best team out to ensure my players earn as much money as they can in the season. You know, I've got so many responsibilities that actually kind of lean away from development. But in my uh, obviously, I, I had two and a half years as manager at Stevenage. I brought through loads and loads of players. Probably too many in my last year. It was probably at my detriment. Probably cost me. Definitely cost me. Um, at Yeovil, we've got a few, but we've taken a few from big clubs and we've had ridiculous success with it. Really great success. I mean, we had a we had a lad from um, Birmingham last year called Romeo Hutton, a right back, um, and he's now playing every week in League Two for Stevenage, ironically. Um, but he come in, and I've never seen a young player. Um, ride the wave of a season's emotions like him incredible I mean he would make horrendous errors like they do when they're young and they're on their first loan yeah. horrendous errors I'd bring him out the team sometimes I wouldn't tell him sometimes I just name the team and you're not on the team son and that's the way he develops his resilience and sometimes you, sometimes there is no explanation I don't want you to play mm. it's my team I've got a duty to win the game this is how I think I'm going to win the game but he was incredible at riding that wave He'd have a couple of games maybe out. He'd find himself back in, lack of form from his competitor, um, injury from his competitor. Sometimes I'd see something in training and i think, he played more minutes than any other defender. And I've got defenders with championship experience, winning championships and playing in the Premier League. He played more minutes than any of them. And he was the best I've ever worked with for that. Um, yeah, Wilma, Wilma had it as well. He had ice in his veins. He just... It just sails along. I mean, it's incredible. And then you get other players that are very spiky, young players that are very spiky. The minute you, they're not in their position, in the team, in the shape they want, yeah. I want to go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Off you go. I kind of have people here that don't want to be here. So you're kind of talking, really. Two things I'm hearing now is definitely you've got to be ready in your head. You've got to be ready for yeah. the environment in your well, head, but also you've got to be adaptable. Absolutely. I say to I say to any loan player that comes in, I said, as long as Yeovil's at the forefront of your uh, behaviour, performance, actions, you'll be absolutely fine. If you think you're here just to serve the needs of your development while we lose or make mistakes or don't win games... Yeah. Just a kickabout for you. Sorry, this ain't, this ain't going to work. You're here to help us win. And if you're here to help us win... My job then at first team manager stage is to give him the platform to get experience, 
to make mistakes, to develop resilience, to have a crowd on him. You know, and the things crowds say, there's no filter in the crowd. There's no one, there's no one policing. You know, we've seen what it. What are they going to say to you? Exactly right. No one's going to walk around. Stewards are going to maybe half get there and forget. Exactly. Yeah. So, like and <laughs> so, um, so you know, it's it, it really is a mixed bag. But you know, we've had we've had some really good success here in the last fourteen months. We've we've had we had when I joined, we had four first year pros. I had eight players when I joined Jovel. Four of them were first year pros. Four eighteen year olds out of eight. So you know, two of them are still with us. Two of them are not still with us. But the two of them who are with us have gone through the most amazing education because they're playing with Cole Dickinson, won the championship, uh, Lee Collins, come through at Wolves, 31 years old, tough man, Charlie Lee, five promotions, 100 championship games. And they, they're, the, they're the people that actually take the young people in that dressing room to the next stage. And my job is to recruit those senior players to help me work with those younger players. So I, I give their younger players, I always give them a senior player. Yeah, I always, this is, this, um, Romeo, this is Lee. Any problem you get that you don't think you can come to me, go and see him. He's the best guy ever. He's a dad, he's a homeowner, he's got this under his belt, that experience. If you need him, he'll give you his number after training. If you need him at any time, he knows his job and what he has to do for you. Part 3, out 19th of January. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.